right, Carlo, we'll take a look. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for coming on this uh, this little show I've got going on. Um, I think it's awesome. This has happened a few times now where I've found people accidentally online just through, like, the comment section, and then we're like, we hit it off, and it's really cool. Um, and every time that happens, it's always more amazing than the last. Um, in the post I made, I can't remember exactly what it was about. It was something about um, how we're too involved in, like, basically consumer culture and what, whatever the fuck, right? Um, yeah. And you commented on that, and it was a really well-thought-out comment. I was like, holy shit, this guy's pretty cool. Uh, so thank you for that, and I'm happy you're here. Um, do us a favor. Tell us what you're about, because I know you got your own thing going on. So I am a self-acceptance coach, and I support people as they learn to be themselves. Um, and that's kind of the long and short of it. I have an education in psychology and sociology. My plan was to get my doctorate. Um, I moved to San Diego and San Diego State and UC San Diego um, as of 2014. I haven't looked it up since, so I don't know if it's changed at all. But they had a joint uh, doctoral clinical psychology program. And um, basically, you go in for your master's and you leave with your doctorate. I was super excited to do it. I love learning. I love psychology. It's really funny because in one of, I think it was the episode with Bashoy that I watched. Yeah, he's great. Um, you were talking about psychology and, and maybe he said it, but he was just like, you know, people, people think, oh, this is interesting, but then they don't actually do the follow through to actually determine whether or not it's something that they could do as a career. And I am so grateful. I always say that it chose me. I didn't choose it. Mm. Um, it's just always been very natural to me. And so um, I, I was going to do that. And when I got to San Diego, the number two social work practice, I believe, in like San Diego County, um, like their their postdoc students were making like 19 bucks an hour. And I was like, Is that that's, like yeah, but yeah, I was like, that's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? And I mean, as much as I love to learn, I was at a point where I wanted, I don't know, it, it was it was an interesting story. Like the last eight years or so have have kind of been a do over for me. And so 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 long story shorter, I decided to not do that. And um, I was a bartender and I pretty much became the poor man's therapist. <laughs> OK, yeah. And it was, it was awesome. Um, like so many people told me that I should do it. I took their advice and I did it. It was great. The hours, the money, I'll be completely honest. Like, and I'm, I'm a very transparent person. Mm. I am not the best bartender. I can make a great drink mm -hmm. and I can have a conversation. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but as far as like, you know, the efficiency and the ability to like turn over drinks really quick, I'm not the best. And I always felt bad when that happened, but the point that I'm, that I'm getting at is that with being a poor man's therapist, people would come to my bar and literally start crying. Oh my gosh. Really? Be, just because like of how we connected and like, I don't know how to turn it off. You know what I mean? Like I, I went to school for that. Um, I worked, I worked in higher education. I worked, I did administrative work. I was a coach and I feel like I was always able to bring that education with me into whatever I did. And that was like the most significant part of my success. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, getting to San Diego, I never really had a day off. Like I was raised in a very religious family. Um, you know, I always joked that, that, that my mom raised us to be diplomats. You know what I mean? Like super yeah. respectful, super um, politically correct, super considerate, super thoughtful, blah, blah, blah. Um, did, you know, and where am I going with this? Your mother raised you to be diplomats and you, you are the way you are because of nature, nurture, whatever. Thank you. And, um, and so I was like, I was just raised in a very strict household, 
So when I got into college, I um, I decided to cheer. Um, that's a whole in college. Thing. Yeah. Jeez, that's a I couldn't the, do that. The best years of my life. Really, well, it was good. Among, among the best years of my life, absolutely. I, I, I hands down the best college experience I could have ever had. Oh, that's nice. Hands down, it was unbelievable. Learned so much about myself, so much about like it. So much of what I learned in those years prepared me for success. Once I got out of my way to be able to apply it, mm. and um, and so getting into college, I was super like uh, we were a D one program, <clears throat> split down the middle, even amount of guys and girls. And point of the story is that I didn't really have a life. So when I moved to San Diego, that was my opportunity to have a life and kind of do my own thing and do what I wanted. So I was there for a bit, um, you know, leaned heavily into the bar scene, um, loved meeting new people, loved being social. And I got deep with every single one of them. I don't do surface stuff. I don't do like, like you know, um, this casual conversation. It's just not yeah. for me. Like not I'd tough. rather know when's the last time you cried. Are you happy in your life? What are your future plans? Are you excited Big about questions like, to like, ask people at a bar? I mean, I mean, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I guess half and of them I'll, is that's why they're there. I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest. It was it was one hundred percent fifty fifty. Like half the time, that's where I would go. The other half of the time, they would like I don't know what I would say or what I would do, but it would just be like a geyser, and they would just like all this information to me. So with that said, I just kind of. I had a, I had a really interesting conversation with a friend one day and I was kind of like leaning into him about just, he was just stressed out about stuff that had nothing to do with him. I'm like, dude, you're regurgitating what society is telling you to do. You've worked so hard to be where you're at in your life right now. Why would you try to go against that just to appease other people who weren't living your life? And I like laid into him for a good, like 15 minutes or so. And I was kind of, I don't know. I apologize because I was because because I, I I thought I was being too harsh. But he was like, "Do you ever think about doing a podcast?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> never." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I started one for a little bit. That's a whole other conversation. Um, I only have like eight, eight episodes out of it. And then further down the line, um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this wealth of knowledge and all this stuff. And like, I really wanted to 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 coach, but I didn't want to. Or excuse me, I I really wanted to counsel, but I you know, don't have my master's, like license, stuff like that. And I realized that I could just be a life coach. And I was like, that's actually kind of great because, you know, um, it's a lot more relaxed, a lot more laid back. It, like it, it could be more of a casual conversation versus a structured, disciplined, you know, whatnot, which I still honor all that anyway, because that's what my education taught me. But um, long story shorter, I found my focus, which is self-acceptance. Like I always focus on the person. I always focus on, I always repeat back to them what it is that they tell me. Like so many times I'll be in a conversation with someone and I'll be like, the only reason that I have the, the understanding of the situation that I do is based on what you told me. And what I'm noticing is that you're getting in, in your way here, 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 and here. And they're like, I never noticed that. And here we are today. So you, you did psychology and sociology, right? Mm-hmm. Did you feel that, because you were saying that you were always kind of this way, right? How much would you attribute your, uh, I guess, your, your kind nature or whatever you, whatever you, you call it? Because you feel like it's, it's innate within you. That, that's what I'm gathering. Mm -hmm. you, do you think it's more nature or nurture that does that to you? I actually think it's a perfect blend of both. Really? 
I think we're all born with with our genetic makeup, um, you know, our predispositions to like, you know, how we handle stress, how we handle anxiety, but that's all like a blank slate. It's how, so I, I have like multiple Go ways ahead. to answer Take it, yeah, take question. your time. Thank you. So uh, do you know who Dr. Bruce Lipton is? I do not know. If I'm not mistaken, he is a PhD in stem cell research. And um, he is part of this, I don't know, I call him like the pan- this pantheon of like of doctors who are bridging the gap between spirituality and science. And they're basically mm. explaining spirituality wow. for, for, from a scientific perspective. And um, he talks about how the first seven years of life, your mind is in a state of theta. And theta is basically science's fancy word for, for recording. Mm. And those first seven years, you're looking at every single person, place, and thing that you experience and observe to download these programs the same way that you download programs onto onto a brand new computer, if that makes sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. I think I've actually heard a little bit about that. Yeah. And so it's why so often when you're watching a TV show or a movie, um, I think that therapists are horribly represented in in our cinema. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes they're accurate. But, you know, someone will come in like, all right, so what, what brings you in today? And they're like, well, I'm dealing with this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And the therapist goes, okay, let's talk about your childhood. And the person immediately rolls their eyes and is like, I don't have time to go through every single moment of my life Mm. to get to the point that we're getting at. And what they don't realize is that it's the complete opposite. The therapist is cutting to the chase because I call adults children with paychecks. It's what we all are. Yes. Emotionally, mentally we we're pretty much who we were at the age of like eight or nine. And we just now are considered adults as I use quotes. And, you know, we're supposed to think differently. We're supposed to act differently. We're, we're not supposed to dream. Like, I don't know, whole other conversation to, um, or we can dive into that um, later on. But where I'm going with this is that it's, it's why our parents are such a huge influence for us or whoever our caregivers are because we're looking at them as our first line of, de- of defense, if you will, as far as how the world works, what the rules are yeah. and, 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 and how, how we, we conduct ourselves. It's wild to me that it's taken us this long to realize how intelligent children are and how aware they are. Like You're how, giving like, me the chills, Carlo. You're giving me the chills right now. Bro. You are. Okay. All right. All right. Whew. No pressure. No pressure. Um, <laughs> And so, and so, um, it's, it's why we end up just growing up and like not even realizing how much like our parents, we are, how much like, you know, um, if we have like a favorite cousin or a favorite aunt and uncle or our grandparents or whatever, like whoever, whoever has the biggest influence on us is who we emulate, whether we realize it at the end of the day. Yeah. And so. I know that was a super long-winded answer to your question, but perfect. I hope that makes sense. No, it was perfect, right. yeah. Um, cool. I think it's great also that um, everything you just said, uh, it molds together so perfectly with the book, uh, The PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. Um, mm-hmm. It's why I'm really happy you watched Bashoy's episode. I'm really happy that you um, looked at that book because um, 
you know, I, I, I'd like to imagine I had really, really good parents. Um, of course, mm-hmm. everyone grows up with issues and problems. And they have to go through things. But um, all, th- all things considered, I was outrageously lucky. And mm-hmm. um, But I read, I read that book about how much of an influence nature and nurture has on you as a child. I'm like, holy shit. Honestly, it made me thankful for to have the parents I did. But I, I read that. I'm like, that's crazy. And then hearing you say it again, like the only like only like the third or fourth time in my life, but as well as you did, makes me like realize, yeah, okay, this stuff is pretty serious. And that thing you were saying, that phase in a child's life, it, it's theta. You said theta. Uh, theta, yes, T H E T A. That is, um, I feel like everyone always knew that, but neglected it. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's really unfortunate that uh, parents will have children um, in unfortunate situations and circumstances, and they aren't able to cater to the ch- their child as well as they could be. Uh, it's not always right. their, it's not always their fault, um, but it is unfortunate that sometimes those things happen. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes you think that you know one of the goals as a parent is to fuck up your kid a little bit less than your pa- your parents fucked up you. hundred um, well, percent. Yeah, and it's so it's it, it's 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 a tall order. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you think that your parents and your, and the world you lived around were able to, uh, make you who you are today. Do you think though, there is any innate qualities in your own individuality that helps that? Would you think most of it is nature and nurture? I 100% lean towards the former. Um, I, energy was my first language. I remember being four or five, six years old and being really attuned to vibration. Um, I used to be able to see auras when I was a kid. Um, Eventually, I convinced myself that if that wasn't a well, people I I allowed myself to be convinced that that wasn't a thing. So I kind of lost the ability, but um, it's slowly come back now. Um, I have always just been able to kind of look at someone and be really confused and be like, why did you say that? That's not how you feel. Or, you know, why did you do that? You wanted to do something else. Like it was, I, 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 yeah, it was, it was, it was was really bizarre. And I was so young, I didn't understand it. And no one else was talking about it and no one else seemed to be able to do this. And so um, that messed with me a lot. And it wasn't until college where I felt like, you know, I wasn't under the like strict guidance of, of my parents because I was in college at that point. And I just had like these teammates who were just so interesting and so different and so individual is what I love the most. And so it kind of encouraged me to just come out of myself and be myself. Mm. And it was the first time in my life where I wasn't being told you're to this, you're to this, don't do that boys don't do this. Da, 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 da. And like, I just, I, I, I just remember trying really hard to, to fit in a box every single day of my life up until like probably sophomore year of college. I was like 19. And um, just to have that, that security blanket of no matter what I say or do, like these people are going to accept me. And I know that because I accept them and, you know, they like, we all accept, like accept each other. There are no, I mean, yeah, we'll rag on each other, and yeah, you know, it's playful. It, it it it's in love. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would definitely get heated at times. Yeah. But at the end of the day, hundred <laughs> percent it was. And they, and 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 what's ironic is that they allowed me to be myself, and they allowed me to be uninhibited. But they had no problem calling me out at the same time and be like, "Slow your roll, mm. relax for a second. You know what I mean? Like you're you're 
you're doing a little bit too much right now. And I was like, oh, thanks for letting me know. I didn't realize that was a thing. So I hope I answered that question. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Um, you did. There's. I want to take a step back um, and actually more for the um, the benefit of people who, who are listening, but also I need to explain myself a little bit as well. Um, I have a very hard time, perhaps not understanding, but accepting the reality or accepting the po- I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but when people use the words like affirmation or um, they use the words like, what's it called? Uh, manifesting, right? I have a bad relationship with those words. Um, and I think, and I think the reason is, is because when people, sp- and, and you just used the word aura. I don't think you're a fucking liar. I think you're telling the 100% truth and I believe everything you're saying. But when I hear those words, to me, it's like someone's trying to be a magician. I'm like, no, Mark, that's mm-hmm. not what they're saying. What what Carlo was just saying is that he's he was very emotionally intelligent and he was able to feel, um, you know, ba- like I know it sounds ridiculous, but I do believe this. Um, you were able to feel a vibe in a room, like that energy you were able to feel. And when people use the word energy, some people, including myself at, at times, was like, oh, you mean magic? No, 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 no. We mean like real pheromones, real, um, um, like they're studying this. As you were saying, they're studying the energy. Like it's, we're, we're realizing it's a real thing, but I think it's very important to explain to people that, and, and if I'm wrong, let me know I'm wrong, um, that when you talk about aura, you mean, do you mean, question mark, right? Do you mean like you were able to feel people's energy and you were able to uh, understand how to, what's it called? Almost as like a fight or flight response, you were able to, know how to act around them because you were very emotionally intuitive and intelligent. Am I getting on, am I on the right track? I understand what, what, what you're asking. Yes. Um, explain it to me. Explain it to me. To, so um, I'll explain it like this. Go for it. Everything has a vibration. Okay. Okay. Science has proven it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, I believe that this is what quantum physics is all about. I never understood science. So the fact that I just like referenced quantum, quantum physics is a milestone in oh, my life. Beautiful. Um, but everything, no matter how dense or solid it may be, um, it's vibrating. And have you heard of the art of I'm um, talking to your water? I, I think I know where you're going. I, I so, think I know where you're going. So um, they've conducted experiments where um, they basically uh, took water and spoke really negative things to it and just like, 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 you know, really bashful, really hurtful, like really low vibrational, excuse me, um, words. And then they froze it and they were just like these shards of, they looked like the villains out of um, a Tolkien movie. Okay. You know, oh, just I like, fucking love just, Lord of the Rings. So good, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, then they took another, like, uh, let's say, glass of water, and they spoke sweet nothings to it. Everything high vibrational, love, gratitude, joy. Um, you know, like ev- everything positive. And then they froze it, and they were basically like these gorgeous snowflakes. You yeah. know, like very symmetrically beautiful and like sacred geometry and 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 stuff like that. Um, there are other videos where they take sand. And then they will play a tone. And then based on the tone, the sand will basically create, again, sacred geometry, these like the, the shapes. And every time they change it, the shape changes. And it's like, they're all over social media, all over um, you know, the internet, whatever. People 
it, 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 it doesn't end with, with people. We're under the impression that, that the Big Bang was this thing that happened, and now we're living in the aftermath of it, not realizing that we are just as much a product of the Big Bang as all of these you know, things that we're able to now see in high definition with the new web telescope that's up in space. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we are, we are the universe experiencing itself. 100%, 100%. And I, and, and I think people are now beginning to understand what that actually means. Yeah. You know, you, the, the water experiment you, you, you just referenced, I know of it, but a little bit differently. Um, they didn't freeze the water. Instead, they put rice in it and let it ferment over time. And mm. the, the negative words produced like rotten, horrible smelling, un- like you couldn't drink it um rice water and then they had a, a neutral like they had um they didn't do anything to this to one of them and it just did normal stuff and then they took the one uh that spoke positive words to it and it smelled sweet and it was very nice and i was like that's crazy i remember when i learned about that i was like, no way and i looked it up and so many people on youtube have done this experiment i'm like okay that's weird <laughs> it's crazy right like you, yeah you, it sounds so science fiction but there's so mm-hmm. much like i think Proof might be the wrong word, but evidence is the right word. There's a lot of evidence for it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, it's interesting. I was just going to say, it's yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. that you say that because we're, you're talking about the law of attraction and words like manifest and how you have this natural, what you're describing at least, is this natural um, reaction to just not have it be valid. In yeah, your realm of understanding. Don't be picking me apart, Carlo. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. I think I think like what I love about your podcasts is that you don't understand. Like so Go ahead. earlier, I was saying that like when I was in San Diego, love meeting new people, love, you know, just like going into the bar and just not knowing what was gonna happen. And, you know, I'm super social and drunk Carlo is convinced that that he's made of money. So, you know. <laughs> Drinks all around, uh, shots all around, blah, blah, blah. And, and like, I, I, I literally, I, I can't put a number on it. Like how many conversations I've had, everyone is having these conversations. And, and so I, I only bring that out. I, I only comment on that now to illustrate the fact that like the general public feels that way. Like a lot of people are still suspect and like side eyeing law of attraction uh manifestations energy vibration the big way that i explain it is 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 this we're Mm -hmm. all aware that a full moon dramatically affects the earth in in a lot of ways yeah right it's where the term lunatic comes from because like there's so much evidence to support that that when it's a full moon people don't act like themselves um we know that the earth is what 70 percent water 70 75 something like that and we know that on a full moon, the waves are like wild. Yeah, because of the gravity, though, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, gra- the gravitational pull of the moon on the Earth. How big is the moon? No idea. <laughs> R- rhetorically speaking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now, <laughs> I laugh because it blows my mind that like people haven't made this connection yet. But how big is Neptune? How big is Saturn? How big is Jupiter Huge. in comparison to the Earth, let alone the moon? Like how many Earths like fit in these, these celestial bodies? 
how much bigger is that gravitational pull? So why wouldn't it make sense that at the time of your birth, if you've heard of your birth chart, it's a snapshot of the cosmos at the time of your birth to basically um, illustrate what celestial bodies are affecting your personality, core characteristics and traits. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I understand. I'm following. I like that's horoscopes. And it blows my mind that people are like, that's not real. And it's like, really? Because science says it is. You know, the thing is, I the my problem is I want it to be true, but mm-hmm. my my secondary problem is I'm an overthinker, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of anything I want to be true, I ruin for myself. But sometimes it's dangerous. Like for instance, like I want aliens to be real. They're fucking real, by the way, everyone. They're fucking real. Bro. But I, I want <laughs> I wanted the only matter time. Yeah, another time. But um I want these things to be real, but I, I start thinking about, well, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's I guess these things are hard to explain and that's why it's hard to believe. For instance, I read this book called uh, A Hunter Gatherer's Guide to the Twenty First Century. And mm-hmm. in the book they mention <clears throat> that people hundreds of years ago believed that if you planted your if you planted all your seeds and you were getting ready for the growing season, if you planted all your seeds um during <clears throat> excuse me, during a full moon or during a whatever moon or during this time of the year or whatever, you are going to have a much better crop yield. And somehow ended up being true. But the reason why it's true was not because the moon did anything, but because everyone on Earth had the same belief, which meant they all grew crops at the same time which also meant predators were not able to eat all the crops so they ended up having a larger yield. If you planted a your if you planted your crops one month and then your neighbor planted it the next month and then your other neighbor planted it the next month, it'd be easy for uh animals to eat all those crops one by one. If you all planted at the same time, there's not enough animals. So I think it's cool how sometimes we have very mystical um you know revelations, ideas and theories and they end up also being very gra- they grounded in almost a what's it called like like an architectural like mathematical kind of like a, it works because of this like we're able to figure it out. You might be able to say which I like I just said is like it's fucking wild. You might be able to say that you can speak to water and rice and this will happen. I don't know why it happens, but we're on our way to figuring it out, right? So I mm-hmm. think it's cool that there are sometimes legitimate, very easily understandable reasons that, you know, maybe following the moon does this, maybe following the sun does that, or what, what's it called? Uh, matching your circadian ry- rhythm and like putting your feet in the grounding yourself. Like there are, it sounds very, like it sounds magical. It sounds like a joke. And I don't blame, I, I don't blame myself and I don't bl- blame others for thinking so. Um, but the further we go into the future, we're like, oh, okay, I know why that makes sense now. And it's easier to it's easier to believe. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's your fault and other people's fault that they don't feel that way. Like if you if if you really stop and like do the research, which isn't really that much research to figure it out, there's been a lot of work that's gone into devaluing nature, devaluing like universal law, yeah. devaluing vibration, devaluing energy. Like why is it taking us this long to realize that the junk DNA in our bodies that were, that was labeled junk DNA for so many years. Um, it's this DNA that we didn't know to cultivate um, that can, you know, science is now showing that um, every single type of cancer, it um, can 
there's evidence of radical remission of every single type of cancer on the planet. There's strong evidence to support that, that the placebo effect is simply proof that you can heal your body using your will alone. Yeah, like Wim, you know Wim Hof. I mean? Yeah, like Wim Hof, that guy. That guy. Um, well, I I know Wim Hof specifically as far as um breathing. Um, but I, he's one hundred percent in the realm of that. Absolutely, yeah. like like harnessing the power of oxygen and, and and breathing. Like we're only now realizing that we don't breathe enough, not nearly enough. You know, water. Um, we we can go like two weeks without eating, yet we can. Or, or three weeks or something, we can only go three days without drinking water. Yeah, you just make like, thirsty. Like, yeah, right? Like, just, th- there there are all these natural resources, and, like, science is showing that it doesn't, it doesn't take very much for us to live quality lives. Like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there, so, um, the, I haven't done the research on this specifically, but, you know, science um, has shown that, science says that there is, a plant for every single ailment, every single disease, every single, you know, whatever it is, there's a plant that cures it. Native American culture knows this. Indigenous um, cultures know this. Yet we don't really lean into them. Like the Eastern part of the world does. Like there's a lot of history and, and a lot of knowledge in Europe, but not here, which... It's ironic because we all know how old we are as a country. We all know that we're the runs of, of, of the globe. We just happen to be swole. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, like no one's going to mess with us because we know that we're, <laughs> that we're a little bit too, too like too, too cocky for our own good. You know what I mean? Like, and we put our money where our mouth is and, you know, we're worth our, our, our weight as far as um, just what we bring to the table. But it doesn't mean that we know what we're talking about. It doesn't mean that that we're as well knowledgeable as we pretend to be. Yeah, ran over. People are actually. Um, I think pharmaceuticals are good if necessary, but I think a lot of people are starting to steer away from pharmaceuticals and try to uh, find more natural ways to to help their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, some things. I mean, like it does require a lot of research, um, and, and unfortunately, there aren't not there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people you can trust. Because you don't know, you don't know who, the reason why you trust a doctor is because okay, they spent twelve years to get this degree. Does it mean they're going to do the right thing for you? No, no. But at least there's like some kind of like level of understanding. There's not mm-hmm. many people to go to when you're like, hey, um, I can't. I'm not sleeping very well. Melatonin's not working. I don't want to take Ampien. What should I do about this? And it's like you 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 could ask the internet. You could ask Reddit. But it's like. Those are your only sources, but I, I have noticed a lot more people are trying to steer away from ph- pharmaceuticals unless 100% necessary. And I do mm-hmm. agree. I do understand that we there's there's a lot of things going on right now uh, in our country, but in the entire world, I'd, I'd suggest, that are symptoms of a dying culture. Um, we are kind of losing our minds. We are very unhealthy. Like the microplastics in your bodies, it's, it's atrocious, right? And it's tearing us away from who I think we're supposed to be. I, I, I've I, gone on this rant several times where... You, did you see the movie Dune? Um, no. Okay. I'm waiting, I'm waiting to watch it with my nephew. It is so good. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Okay. But Frank Herbert, the, the author of Dune, 
in the book, artificial intelligence is basically outlawed. You're not allowed to use it. So the only way they know how to travel the universe, like go into like several different galaxies, how to um, communicate, how to do math, how to create machines is through psychedelics. Um, exactly, right? So Frank Herbert imagined a world where it, it was also a met- – like the book is a metaphor for um, war over oil. But he also inserts this idea that um, uh, a blessed future, a healthy and good future is a future where we rely more on like psychedelics and plants and spirituality and energy. And I read that book. I'm like, okay, there's that. And then I read something like Brave New World or 1984. And it's like in that kind of world, you're basing your future and your body off of artificial intelligence and technology. Mm -hmm. And right now, I think we're in this point in – you know, humanity, where it's like, okay, which way do we want to go? Because right now, there's, it appears that there's becoming a, a psychedelic renaissance. People are getting more into uh, psilocybin, DMT, um, like, every, there, there's more studies done on it. But also, we're going into, like, this metaverse stuff, the, the Neuralink. And I have to ask myself, okay, well, which world do I want to live in? Well, I would, of course, love to live in a world where it's uh, psychedelics, and it's nature, and it's, and it's beauty. But that doesn't pay the bills and that's the problem where humanity is fighting against the worst part of itself and that worst part is greed 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. so um go ahead Sorry. so well so what what world would you want to live in oh dude i'm i'm i i'm already living in the woods with like yeah. homemade cheese <laughs> and homemade wine like you know walking barefoot like grounding myself and just like hugging trees yeah. and just you know like like because because we lost touch with what being human was all about. Yeah. It makes no sense to me that we're now moving into a world where no one really owns anything. Like yeah, everyone who owns a really like everyone who owns a really nice car, it's leased. Everyone who owns a really nice house, the bank owns it. And you're and and you're paying off your mortgage, like That's you know awesome. what I mean, like like most people now who have like the brand new iPhone, they're paying for it like monthly because the 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 network owns like you know Verizon or or AT and T or whatever. It's like it this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like so, I randomly stumbled across a video of this guy in like i think he was in like the wilderness of 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 sweden for two years and he built a cabin with his bare hands when i tell you i watched this like it was a movie there was absolutely no sound or excuse me there was absolutely no dialogue and there was no music it was just him and his dog and halfway through he got another dog so i i I assume the first one passed away yeah um and it's just him like like you you watch him um you know find food like berries and stuff um you he also had bacon at one point so i like i assume he would he would make it to like a store or something to like pick up to pick up like essentials but at the end of the day like it was fascinating just watching the discipline and the thoughtfulness and the consistency and the motivation and the follow-through to build a cabin with your bare hands it's not something that any of us can fathom today. And I was like, holy shit, how lazy am I? 
<laughs> you know, just like basic things like yeah. making the bed or doing laundry yeah. or, you know, just like these mundane things that require so little effort on our part. Yet, you know, I don't blame us because we live in a culture where we could press a button on an app and get food, get clothes, get pharmaceuticals, like everything delivered to us. Like there's so much emphasis going into us not being able to live independently. Yeah. It's the fucking, the microwave problem. You press a button, your food's hot. Oh, it's ridiculous. And the microwave is so bad for you. It's so bad. It really is. It's so bad for you. Like there's a button for like steamed vegetables. Like you're killing the vegetable in the microwave. Like it it doesn't make any sense. Um, So uh, there's just so much information in my head that I want to share. And I don't know how how to. I get it, man. We've been talking for almost 40 minutes now. And uh, everything you say, I'm like, well, I got five things to say to that. I better only choose one. <laughs> like, it's it's fucking hard. It is hard. It, yeah. I, I get it, though. I get it. Um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear you. you. You mentioned something earlier. Yeah. And it made me think of, um, do you know who Lewis Howes is or, or, or Lewis Hughes? Educate I me. I guess he's like, um, he has a podcast. Um, I think he was like an ex-football player. Or, or or something he like he, he has a following um on youtube but i was i was listening to a podcast with him and uh the doctor that, that i mentioned earlier dr bruce lipton and he mentioned a few things he mentioned that competition the original definition of competition was to strive together hmm. not this winner loser conflict that we experience today like in, in competition there has to be a winner and if you're the if you're not the winner then you lose and i can appreciate this whole well first of all before i i uh, i offend you what right. are your thoughts well the potential of offending you um just because i never assume to, to know what anyone thinks um what is your opinion on trophies <laughs> Um, and... well, it depends on, I guess, um, what they're being used for. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot of different trophies. I feel like that's actually a pretty big question. I don't want to take too much time away from your thought, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So, so the answer very, in a very small way, um, I don't have a problem with trophies. Um, I mean, like every time I ever got a trophy, I didn't really care because my performance, I, I, whatever I was doing, whether it was uh, martial arts or if I was, you know, perform some kind of art like that sounds like the same like like actually acting or anything any kind of like um props i was given whether it be trophies applause or hugs um i i knew i did good so i didn't need the actual object but um Mm -hmm. when it comes to like giving other people trophies i'm okay with it but i'm sure you're gonna open Mm -hmm. that up yeah yeah um i grew up at a time when trophies like you win you get a trophy you lose you don't yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's something to work towards, you know, being part of such a competitive program in college, we like, there's, there's nothing like earning a win. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? There's nothing like earning a trophy. And like, that's where discipline comes in. That's where yeah. work ethic comes in. That's where, 
um, time management comes in. I see like, what you're saying. When you're, part, when you're part of a really good program, there are so much life skills that 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 are instilled in you that if you're that if you're coached the right way, as far as I'm concerned, you can you can apply all of that to everyday life. And I'm so blessed that I was. And, um, you know, he, here I am building this this brand, which is just like my myself, really, and what I bring to the table and my message. And it's so overwhelming sometimes. It's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then I stop for a second and I'm like, oh, wait, I do. You know what I mean? Like, no, I've never built something the, the way that I'm building my brand now, but I've been a part of programs where I've literally been coached by the best. I've like, you know, I've had bosses like, like the best boss I've I've, I've ever had. I learned so so much about what it is to be a leader, you know, and, and how your, your employees are meant to like, not, you don't want your employees doing a good job because it's their job to, you want your employees doing a good job because they buy into you because they believe in you because they don't want to let you down. You know what I mean? And, um, where am I going with this? Um, you're talking about trophies, talking about earning it, talking about, you know, so, competition. So that's how I feel. So that's how I feel about about trophies. But um, I it's actually funny because as soon as I asked the question, I was like, "Am I going off topic?" I think I'm going off topic. But um, but I but I still think it fit. Um, what were we talking about before? Competi- that? Competition and um, how you work together as a team rather than as an individual. Thank you. Um, none of us knew that. I never even considered that competition wasn't all about beating the other, the other person never once considered that, Mm. but it makes sense because to me, it explains good sportsmanship and why it's such an important thing. You know what I mean? Um, Whenever we, we didn't win our, like our coach instilled in us, you clap for the other team, regardless. I don't give a shit how, whether you think you, you, you were robbed, you're going to represent yourself and this program proudly. You know what I mean? And, and when I think of, wow, imagine just being a good sport and being a good athlete in the sport that you're representing, you know, you know, where, where it's not about wishing negatively against your opposition. It's about, propping them up the way you prop yourself up so that when it comes down to it, your excellence will speak for itself. That's awesome. That's something that I'd love to be a part of this whole like backstabbing and just being your worst self for sake of winning is what our society has become, you know? Well, competition is, um, it is a fun topic to talk. It's an interesting one. Um, because you, when you talked about trophies, you, you, you asked my opinion and when it, when it comes to actual like physical things, like I said, ah, I don't really care if it's physical, but I, I do think, um, being told that you, you did the best. I think being told that you, you won or knowing you won cause you scored enough goals, whatever, whatever you're, you're doing, playing, succeeding at achieving. Um, I think knowing that your work has value and has enough value for people to notice and put it above other people not mm-hmm. only motivates you to continue to do that good, but motivates others to try to do better, to be where you are at. I think the mm-hmm. problem comes in where people feel, and I think this is what you're saying, the problem isn't losing. The problem is fear, feeling 
uh, sour towards the winner. Um, I think competition is about individual growth, but I think like spectators, like if you're playing football, okay, I know it's a team sport, but I think a lot of it is about individual growth. Like when you're training, you're training alone. When you're hitting somebody, you're hitting alone. Of course, you are, you know, relying on your team to make sure that you can perform your duties on that field. But I think a lot of it is about individual growth. But the entire game is about communal growth. So there's individual growth and, and communal growth. Um, and I think it'd be, we'd be foolish, I think, to remove either one of those. And I think that's a lot of what you were trying to say. And I also think that um, for sports that are an only, only an individual sport, whether it is combat, um, perhaps you're a, you're a monologist where you just do mon- – like not that monologuing is a sport, but you uh, you just say speeches or you, you act or whatever. Whatever it is, I think individual pursuits uh, uh, through passion, whatever it is, um, that's a, a lot of that, that is individual growth. But what you can do is inspire others who perceive you the way that you hopefully want them to perceive you. Like if you're a fighter, okay – I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to be in the gym three hours a day because it's what I want. I'm not saying that everyone needs to do this, but it's what I want. I want to be the best. I want to be great. And I want to make sure that I shake my, shake their hand in that ring. I want to make sure I'm, I am respectful. Like, what's that boxer? Um, he's, um, I, th- I don't know if he's Korean or Japanese. Um, he doesn't, I don't think he boxes anymore. The point is he's super uh, respectful. And I think individual sports, individual pursuits give the chance to inspire other people. So I think everything you do, has an individual growth aspect and a communal growth aspect, and to uh, neglect one of those is outrageously f- foolish, and you'll never get to 100% of what it's supposed to mean to be an athlete or to be a player in any kind of field. Agreed. Totally agreed. There you go. We, fi- we figured it out. Woo! <laughs> there we go. Well, yeah, so I, I, I think that stuff is um, – I think that stuff's really cool um, because in competition is a uh, – it's it, – it's cool because, you know, everyone always talked about it when I was younger and like you had those commercials where it's like people get participation medals and whatever it is, I don't, whatever, that's a whole different conversation. But, um, it is a complicated one because it goes back to what we were talking about before. It's how do you treat or raise children, especially in those years where they're so malleable? Um, do you tell them, you know, what would be best is probably telling them that, um, you know, you want to be a good sportsman, and you uh, want to try to win. But sometimes mm-hmm. one gets lost um, over the other. So I want to ask uh, something a little a little bit different. Uh, but sure. it, it, I kind of just left off on a uh, talking about like, oh, ch- childhood, bring us back to the childhood. How do you raise kids? And what, how do you make sure that they're comfortable and they, they learn the best that they can? Obviously, it's a roll of the dice, and you can, you, you can only do your best. But I've been very fascinated and the topic of manhood recently, uh, like boyhood Mm. and manhood. And I think there's a cultural perspective and a whole bunch of different cultures. Every culture has a different idea of what it means to be a man or when you become a man. They also have different perspectives on what it means to be a boy. And um, that's a very loaded question. I don't want to just like, okay, Carl, tell me what you think a man is. But (laughs) like, that's, that's, that's fucking rough. That's a lot. But what... Do you think you could like what qualities of men do you find respectable? Because it's it, I recently and I'm any of my uh dedicated listeners are probably tired of me saying it, but I um 
wrote an essay recently, and I actually posted it on my channel. Um, it's an hour mm-hmm. and eighteen minutes long, and we talk. I talk a, a, a lot about manhood, and one of the things I mention is how um, men are kind of losing their purpose because they. And, and you were kind of saying this a little bit before, but in a different uh, a different way. We're, we're losing our purpose because we are so engulfed by uh, consumption. We're so um, obsessed with uh, self-image. And one of the uh, observations I make is this. And it might be a little, I don't want to say controversial, but like, it's like right, but it's like you don't know how accurate it is. Um, one of the observations I make is that hundreds of years ago, a man's purpose was essentially resource guarding. And they had to either you know, hunt for food and collect food and then protect the food and give it to their tribe or whatever. Or they had to build cities, right? They, they were the terraformers of modern society. Um, but one of their biggest purposes, the one that they prided themselves on most, was protecting women. And even though we probably treated women really shitty, not the point. The point is that women, uh, men viewed women as valuable, so they did anything they can to protect them. Women and children first. Protect the woman. Give me the woman. I want like it's like whether it's seen as very misogynistic or it's seen as very noble. Women was a very huge. It, they were very valuable to men over the course of hundreds, thousands of years. These days, um, the playing fields are almost equal, and women kind of don't really need men anymore the way they used to, and men are finding it hard to find purpose. Because they're almost, it's almost like in their DNA, in their psychology, they're not used to working a job and then being faced with the question, okay, what else do I do with my time? I always say this, if you ever want a man to feel good, ask him for help. They love being asked for help, whether that's emotional support, helping you, uh, you know, set up a TV or like work something out on your computer, even if they can't do it, they love being asked for help. But these days, uh, men are... It sounds so ridiculous, but it's true. Men are faced with f- trying to find their own purpose based solely on what they find meaning in. And that's actually really hard for them to do. Am I making Ooh. sense? Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no. It's such a big box. And um, I love that we're having this discussion. Um, I'm going to preface it by saying this. I am definitely an exception okay. to the rule. Um, so as you may or may not have figured out, I am very much into, um, esoteric belief, you know, I believe in the laws of, of, of the universe. I believe in, you know, uh, nature, balance, harmony, um, vibration, et cetera. And it's so, it's such a challenge because I feel like in so many ways, life was so much simpler back then. And back then, I mean, um, you know, thousands of years ago, yeah, when we didn't have the bullshit of society to distract us from what it was to be, actually be human. And it's funny because even me, who believes in this so much, I'm very apprehensive to use words like love because of the negative connotation that goes along with it. You know what I mean? Kind of what you were talking about with like magic and with... Um, with the law of attraction, etc., um, which is funny because my favorite definition of magic is actually from Thor. Okay. Um, where he's having a conversation. Um, I, I want to say it's in 
the dark world when when he when Thor's talking to Odin and he's like, you know, um, Earth thinks that this is some kind, this is some form of dark magic. And Odin very matter of matter of factly responds and says, "Magic is just science that hasn't been understood yet." Yeah, that's actually I I'm not sure if that's if it's true, but I actually think that's a line Spider Man said to Doctor Strange in the comics. But yes, yeah, but I, I know that scene though. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's it, it, it's funny because I heard it referenced in the in that, and I watched it like fairly re- recently, and I don't remember actually seeing it, so that's why I was kind of like, well, I'm like, I'm not sure if it was in this or not. But yeah, you know what I mean. And um, so, in regards to what it is to be a man, I believe that you can't really answer that question without considering the law of opposites. Okay. The law of opposites basically states that in order, Neil Donald Walsh is, um, he's this like best-selling author. Um, he's best known for his books, Conversations with God, which do not let the title fool you. These are not religious books by any stretch of the imagination. They're actually incredible. They're so, so, so good. I'm on book three right now. I, um, I've, um, this is the fourth of his books that I've read. And they are just these wealths of knowledge with so much information talking about exactly what we're talking about right now. And his definition of the law of opposites is in the absence of that which you are not, what you are is not. Oh, I have no idea what you just said to me. Open that one. Open it. I said it, and I'm still not sure okay. that I say it right. <laughs> um, in the absence of that which you are, that which you are not is not. So hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Let me make sure that no, I said it right. Look at both of us though. We're like both trying to figure this out. <laughs> We're both doing this dude, right I'm, now. Dude, I'm I'm bringing it up, and I'm like, am I saying this correctly? Am I You're like, hold on. Up? um but basically so so let me explain he's basically saying good luck in the absence in the absence of cold hot cannot exist so he uses height as an example okay say how tall are you i'm five five i'm short (laughs) <laughs> that's okay um a lot of people would disagree with wait that, actually so. i got a question i got a question before you i'm sorry how i love asking this how tall would you think i was if i didn't tell you um because people only see me sta- sitting down i've gotten right. like six two before i'm like bro shut the fuck up i don't know <laughs> um i i'm extremely observant okay um right, i'm it. i'm really into nonverbal cues and in order to do that like i have to take in like like you know um like yeah. just features and whatnot so i would have said like 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 five six five seven i think you're either between five seven to five ten me yeah how tall are you oh wow i've never gotten that how i'm tall six three holy shit <laughs> see i'm like you gotta play this game see, you underdo or overdo it i'm like in the middle in the middle holy shit six three yeah, you I'm maniac. I'm six three with wide shoulders and barrel chested. Oh my it's gosh. It's, yeah, you're a power it's, it's, lifter, it's a dude. I, I, was, I, I was talking to the world's strongest man over here. <laughs> my God, depending on who you talk to, that's a thing. That's so um, funny. Uh, so 
this is actually a really fun segue because okay, with right. with that said, um, well, before I, I get into that, I, I, okay. I have to go back a little bit yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and explain this part first. So let's say you're five five. Okay, all right. And let's say everyone in your life is five five. Mm-hmm. Everyone you interact with is five five. Would you know that you were five five? It probably wouldn't be important, so no. It's not until you see someone who's six feet. And you're like, holy shit, giant. I just did it. Holy fuck. I just did it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, fuck. But, you trapped me. You trapped me. <laughs> but like, but, and, and I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, but, 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 but that's the point. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. how would you know you were 5'5 five five if you didn't have someone who wasn't 5'5 five five to compare that to? Yeah. I see so, so if cold didn't exist, you wouldn't know what hot was. You would have no idea. Yeah, if it was a constant temperature, it would just be what it is. Right. You know, um, um, if if everything you touched was solid, you, you know, like, and there, let's say there, there would, this is, is, is a leap because water is liquid, whatnot, but like, but I'm going to stop right there. Okay, I think okay. you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Okay. So at the risk of pissing off um, some, some, some people, I feel like you can't really know what being a man is without knowing what being a woman is. I I know you're saying, I get that, that, that contrast. And so for, so for centuries, like the man was, was the hunter, the gatherer, the protector, Mm -hmm. the woman. And I think women have been so celebrated in history for so, or in, in certain cultures, especially, you know, thousands of years ago, because women were seen as what they are. Women are the only beings in existence that can bring unborn souls into this reality. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. powerful. Yeah, I, I, I talk about, it sounds stupid, but I talk about women a lot too in the same context of what like what is a, a woman and stuff. And I think a lot of little girls right now are going through a pretty hard time trying to figure out, you know, oh, okay, I have to be a nurse. I have to be a mother. I have to be a business owner. I have to be a CEO. I have to, like, they're they're being burdened with all these responsibilities put onto them by culture and society. Um, no one's telling them they have to do this, but they're seeing it on Instagram. They're seeing it on TikTok. Whereas uh, little boys are being told kind of that they need to take a, uh, the back seat. They're kind of, they're like not as, they don't have as much worth as they used to. And there's a lot of, there's a lot less, and this is the different problem. I feel like there's, there's a an absence of strong male role models, um, and there's also an, an absence of strong uh, female role models. But um, I feel like women are being asked to take on a mantle that they never asked to take on themselves. Like I, they're like, I don't want this. Why, why are you giving it to me? I feel like everyone's stressed out about this. But I understand that that you can't understand what it's like to be a man until you're a woman. I kind of get that, and that brings me to this. And I want you to continue after I say it. There yeah. was this. Um, I think they were a powerlifter, actually, coincidentally. They, they're a trans powerlifter, um, or they just might be trans. doesn't matter what they do. They started taking testosterone and going through their transition, and they said, holy shit, I understand why men are the way they are now. Because they, they started boosting their bodies full of testosterone that they were like, I understand why they act the way they act. Um, so I thought that was a cool, cool perspective where although they're not – they're, they weren't born male. They don't get 
everything, that's the most, that's the closest that person or anybody will ever come to understanding it. And even they were like, this is ridiculous. The difference between these two uh, kinds of people is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the short version to, 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 the short answer to your question is, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, 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 it's, I'm so focused on the suicide rate. Mm-hmm. Which is a very dramatic shift in the conversation, but 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 very quickly. Um, in 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 2016, this is my favorite TED talk. Um, uh, this woman starts and she says, she says, um, a couple of years back, a client sent me an email. He said, today a miracle happened. Since my wife died, I haven't been so much as touched in two years. Says I'm not attractive. I don't really know how to talk to women. But today, you rub my back. You listen to me talk. You saved my life. Mm-hmm. And she steps back. Beautiful woman steps back, and she says, "I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor." She puts, she puts her arms out, and she's like, "I'm a sex worker." Holy shit! And it like such Whoa. a mic drop because of obvious reasons. You're like, I did not yeah. expect that. And she goes on to talk about men. And she says, men are measured on three things, their money, their muscles and their mojo. Yeah. She goes, you don't really pick your body. And there's only so much you can do with it. She says, um, money's really hard to come by even harder to keep once you have it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the only thing left is your mojo. So when men are measured on three things and two of those things you have very little control over, is it really that much of a like mind blowing, you know, concept that men will turn to sex for validation, for acceptance, like a safe place. And then she talks about in 2016, there were over 45,000 suicides in the US. 80% 80% of which were men. Yeah. 80%. And then you have, um, there's the 22 a day pushup challenge that I did, that I did a few years back where it represents the 22 um, military who commit suicide every single day. And so, you know, being in mental health, suicide is a very, very, very important word because my goal is to prevent that. And something as simple as being able to give someone the freedom to be who they are and say, stop. Stop trying to live up to society's expectations. Stop trying to live up to your dad's expectations, to your mom's expectations, to your to to your your coaches, your coworkers, your friends, because at the end of the day, they don't have to live with the choices that you make. In every single one of my posts. I say, take what works and leave what doesn't because I can give you the absolute best advice in the world, but I don't have to live with your consequences. You do. And contrary to extremely popular belief, which is so backwards to me, we do not under any circumstances live in a one size fits all society. We don't, we do not. And this is going to be such a cliche thing to say, I feel like, but I feel like people are like snowflakes. Mm-hmm. There are no 
there are no two in existence. You know, when you look at the numbers, the odds are 400 trillion with a TR at the front, trillion to one that you exist. 400 trillion to one that I exist. And the 7.8 billion others of us in the world, 400 trillion to one that every single one of us exists. And then there's, there's another set of numbers where if you go back 400 years and you take every, you know, like your grandparents, then great grandparents and all the way back for 400 years, that comes out to 4,092 people that had to come together succinctly in every generation to create you. You know, there's, it's, um, just like you said, it's hard to understand what it's like to be a man because you don't know what it's like to be the opposite. It's hard to be grateful for life when you don't know what it's like not to live. So, so it's, um, I, I hate the stigma against talking about suicide, but I also hate the, uh, what's it called? The, um the overblown reactions to the topic. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot more people would talk about suicide if it was, it wasn't as scary to face the consequences of just talking about it. Um, yes. Cause not only are you kind of like removed from everyone else, you're kind of ostracized. Um, your friends don't know how to react to that. Um, some do, some are very, very good at it. Um, but even doctors are like, okay, well I have a choice. I can either make sure I do what's right legally. I make sure I, I cover all my bases because I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not in their head. Or we could roll the dice and, and we can just talk through this and I, and I say nothing. I don't send them to the hospital or whatever. So it's like it's it's really hard to actually talk about uh, suicide and those negative thoughts because it's a risk. So somebody that's already thinking about killing themselves now has to say, should I also ruin my life by talking about suicide? So it's like hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, um, I do, I like the, the, the suicide conversation because I, I think it's important and I, and I think it's, I think it's very stupid when people treat it like it's this huge, huge, like, oh my gosh, you're thinking about suicide. It's like, motherfucker, you've definitely thought what it would be like to jump off a building. Shut up. Everyone's, everyone has contemplated what it'd be like to die. Everyone's been like, man, maybe I don't want to be here anymore. Like, everyone's understood that thought. They've they've thought about it before. It's a very human thing to think about. In fact, humans are really the only thing that could think about things like that. So for you to kind of make someone feel idiotic or feel lesser for thinking something like that, um, even if you're not doing it on purpose, it's stupid. Suicide is a very, very human thing to think about, and I think we got to talk about it more, more so in the in the way where it's uh, it's normal to talk about it, not just acceptable and like oh, I'll take care of you, but normal as a philosophical talking point. Let's talk about it, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I I could not agree more with everything you said. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. And listen. Uh, also, um, what's this? What's this? Uh. Very quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what's, go ahead. what's the shot thing that that you do on your episodes that we haven't started yet? I mean, I know I'm not in the studio with you, but I still want to be a part of it. The um the screenshots? No, the alcohol shots. Yeah, the sc- so so okay, so what I do 
we, okay, so we have two episodes, two two um fucking uh, series we do on this channel. Okay, it's a lot okay. of fun. Okay, we have what we're doing right now, where we, I I interview guests, I get in conversations, and we have fun, right? Um, mm-hmm. and then we have another channel. Uh, or sorry, another uh series called Screenshots, and it's a movie, it's a drinking game movie podcast, right? No, what I <laughs> did you did you just post one like today or yesterday? Yeah, today I posted one today. I, I watched like like two minutes of it, and I was like, I'm gonna get sucked into this. I don't have a lot of, a lot of time. <laughs> Let me go, you know, whatever. Tell me about that. that yeah, like, bro, it's it, a lot it, of fun. It, it sounded awesome. Yeah, so um, my co-host, his name is Johnny. He's the guy sitting across from me when we're when we're doing it. He, um, mm-hmm. we wanted to do a movie podcast, and we didn't know what to call it. So Johnny asked his dad, and his dad said, "Oh, why don't you call it uh, screenshots? Uh, every time you say some kind of word, you take a shot." So the game is: we go see a movie, we come back to the studio, and we all write down words that have to do with the movie. Now, throughout the podcast episode, we're talking about the movie. If someone says a word, you're going to hear this noise. Oh, not that. Not fucking that. Wait. <laughs> wait. Did you hear that? A little bit, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Well, everyone, uh, the audience, when this recording, you'll hear it. Um, you hear that noise, and the person who said the word takes the shot. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's stupid. But um, every time I'm a fucking lightweight, bro. I'm five five. I'm like 146, 48 pounds. I take one shot and I'm like gone for 20 minutes. And I also <laughs> have to control all these electronics. It's rough. But, but Johnny, he's he just he's like doesn't have to do anything but talk. So he has a lot of fun. But yeah, that that's what we do. I'm so happy you saw a clip of that though. Um, yeah. Why do you want to celebrate? Do you want to take a shot? Um, I always want to take a shot. You always, <laughs> yeah, you I fucking, do. uh, drunk Carlo is, what, what'd you say about yourself that you don't know how to not spend money or something? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm convinced that I'm made of money. Yeah, you're convinced that you're made of money. What do you, well, yeah. right, we can do a shot. What are you drinking? Um, uh, just basic vodka. What should I drink? I just, I gave my father these two really good tequilas, so I don't have them with me. Maybe I'll do Casamigos. Where is it? Hold on. Yeah. I like Casamigos. Awesome. All right, give me one second. Let me get it. Hold on. All right, so I actually well, don't... What? What? It, it's funny because I... Because like I said at the very, very beginning, um, when we were um, off, off camera, I... Just like you, I'm really good at psyching myself up. Yeah. Like, both good and bad. And so, you know, taking a shot just kind of, like, mellows me out. And so so even now, like, I feel myself, like like, tensing up because we're like, you know, this is a really good conversation and... And I have all this information and I want to make sure that I get it out of like, you know, yeah. well, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, relax, relax, relax. And I'm like, shot. Carl, this is going to happen. I'm going to take this shot. And wh- by the time we get to the end of this episode, I'm going to be asleep. <laughs> I'm going to fucking pass yeah. out. So how about this? How about this? Take a half shot. Yeah, I'm going to also, I don't have a shot glass with me. I'm just, I'm legit going to drink out of the bottle. So anyone that's watching Savage. this that plays screenshots, get over it. Okay. Ready? Savage. Okay. Uh, Cheers, bro. Bro, I'm such a lightweight man. I um, I interviewed uh someone a couple months ago. His name's Cade, and we took a shot to celebrate him because he he flew in from Colorado or Minnesota. I don't know. And um, we took a shot, and I just let him talk for 20 minutes. I just relaxed, and then after 20 minutes, I regained myself. But it was so funny. <laughs> Dude, believe it or not, like fun little plot twist. I'm a lightweight. 
No, six three power lifter, fucking lightweight. I swear, dude, I am such a lightweight. Like, like I just have a really sensitive central nervous system. Um, have you ever, have you ever heard of the highly sensitive person? No. Um. So, um, the acronym is HSP, and it's basically people born with with highly sensitive central nervous systems. Damn. What else? What else? What else is like a symptom of that? Um. Trying to find like, out if I have <laughs> your so your just noticeable difference is so low that you will notice the slightest, most minute variance in like anything, like someone's tone, their body language, um, energy, vibration. I'm not trying um, to sound offensive because I'm pretty sure I have this. It sounds uh, like it sounds like autism, and I'm pretty sure I'm bro. I'm definitely on the spectrum. Dude, I, 100%. Like, <laughs> that's, wait that's a me, sec. Hold that's on. Me that's me agreeing. Like, and throwing myself in the ring with you. That's, that's yeah, what I mean. No, that's I know. I, mean. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and honestly, I think, I think autism, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited oh, about all funny. of the research. Huh? I, I said, that's funny. I was laughing. Yeah. I'm really excited about all the research that's being done because I, I think I think so many more people are on that are on that spectrum so much more than we realize, and because we are stuck in this false, um, like this false debilitating need to fit into a box to be like everyone else, mm. we're not being our authentic selves. And so, unfortunate, I don't want to say un, un, unfortunately, but the reality of the situation is that some people are just socially awkward. Yeah. And it's not even so much that they're socially awkward. It's that it's that society says in order to be perceived a certain way, you have to conduct yourself a certain way. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. And that's not okay. And I think so. So um, I posted um, something a while back that said, uh, Jim Carrey is quoted as saying, Depression is your avatar telling you it's tired of the character you're trying to play. Yeah, I, I remember him saying that. And tell me that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, like, like it, it simply because you're meant. Imagine a rose trying to be a tulip. Mm hmm. Doesn't make much sense. No. First of all, we know what a rose is because we know what a rose is not. Mm -hmm. We know what, what 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 violets are. We know what tulips are. We know what daisies are. We know what sunflowers are. And like there 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 isn't this quote unquote hierarchy in nature. You know what I mean? Like everything is authentically itself. Um, there's there there's a quote about a garden that that is by definition um everyone doing their part to thrive everything's expanding you know what i mean everything's growing everything's evolving and when it comes to humanity we we cut ourselves off and 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 we say in order to be successful you have to look like this in order to be attractive you have you have to look like this in order to you know have whatever favorable traits you have to fit into this box and it just doesn't make any sense like my meeting people is so fun because I don't know who I'm going to meet. Like, I don't know, like, 
it's so hard to explain, but <clears throat> the alcohol is already kicking in. Yeah, boy, there you go. Uh, um, uh, I remember the first time in college I said I didn't like someone. I was like, I do not like that person. And they were like, what? You? Yeah. You like everybody. And I was like, like, and I remember her, um, my friend saying, for you to not like someone, that person must suck. And I, and I remember like being really flattered by that simply because my opinion matters that much. Yeah, I get it. And yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it's not so much my opinion, but, but it's just that I don't understand how everyone doesn't like everyone because like, we're like just having one interaction with someone, I learned something that wasn't in my universe before, wasn't in my realm of understanding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course I can't think of a single thing right now um to to use as as an example but i was taught growing up that a mistake doesn't have to be yours in order for you to learn from it yeah yeah and to me like that's what being human's all about we're all in this together you know like we're all born the same way we're all gonna die at some point and the whole point of the human experience, is, 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 as far as I'm concerned, is to add to the collective and be your authentic self in order to do that. And I just feel like people would have so much less anxiety and be so much less suicidal if they had the freedom to determine who they were. In one of the episodes, you're talking about school. I think it was the Bashoy episode. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about how um, there's there's an education system where the child determines what they want, like how they want their education to go. Yeah, it's called the Montessori school. Yes. Um, and I was actually thinking that because um, in the last book th- that I read by that author I was telling you about, he discusses it. And why is it not like that? Yeah. I mean, like, I can, you know, I can definitely give you an answer, but I know that I know the question is rhetorical. Like, why the fuck, right? Right, and it's, it's, and, and, but were you gonna reference Rockefeller? Oh, I mean, like, I was gonna be, I was gonna super baseline, but we can talk about that. Well, do, do you know what I'm talking about? I think I might. I know he had a lot of influence on a lot of the uh, on a lot of how American culture works. I am like dumbfounded at how. We just allowed this man to rewrite <laughs> the like the the American experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he he basically gave two point six billion dollars or, or 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 some shit and said, "I don't want and I don't want." I cannot believe this. I don't want a nation of thinkers. Yeah, yep. I want a nation of work. How dare you? How dare you? Just, just, just steal the voices of generations. Um, there's this, the, the, there's this picture of these two kids, like bushy-tailed and bright-eyed and colorful, literally colorful, going into school, and they're so excited and they can't wait, and they're running in, and then there are these two, um, like outspouts, if you will, and one says imagination and one says dreams, and it's basically just like, like these like rivers of rainbows just losing out. And then at the end of the machine, so kids come into a machine, um, imagination and dreams are oozing out. And then on the other side, 
there are these kids who, 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 who are graduated. So realistically, they have to be 18 years old, but they look like they're 40. And they're just wrinkled and unhappy and miserable and on the verge of tears. Tell me that's not our education system. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. You know, and and I just turned 42 years old in March. Oh, bro, you fucking you look great. Holy shit. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I am a huge believer that um, you are as old as you feel. And I shit you not. So... I think I commented in um, one of the messages about the Bashoy episode um, saying that I resonated with it so much. Yes. I feel like, so I've been in my journey of healing since 2016. Thank God for plant medicine. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. And it wasn't until about a year ago that I felt bring on life. I'm ready. Whoa, Carla, really? 100%. I'm not even remotely kidding. I know I did not have a clue. Didn't have a clue. I entered my first serious relationship when I was 26. I don't care what society says. I was a fucking baby. I was not prepared for it. I didn't know anything. I was so clueless. Um, I, 100% just didn't understand life. I didn't understand how it worked. I didn't understand what the rules were. I didn't understand how, how, how I, 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 I that <laughs> just like, like that's the best way to describe it. I, I, I didn't know. And I remember being nine years old. I remember this very distinctly. And I remember one day out loud saying, Oh yeah, yeah. I get it. I was like, wow, every day is opposite day on earth. Every day is opposite day. I remember thinking that's the rule. That's how you pass in society. You don't say what you mean. You don't mean what you say. You literally do the opposite. And it was the best way that my nine-year-old brain could figure it out. And that's how I moved through life. Cause I just, I just didn't understand. I didn't get it. Like, so like people would be having conversations with me and, you know, something as simple as, Hey, my name is so-and-so I'm convinced the reason that I like the reason that I forget names. So like, I I'm, I'm really bad with names. I feel like the reason that, that I forget is because I'm trying so hard to be polite. I'm trying so hard to make eye contact. I'm trying so hard to like, to like shake a hand, give a firm handshake, you know, like, um, and I can't help but be tuned in energetically and so, um, so I would actively try to ignore what my instincts were telling me and focus on what society says I'm supposed to do. And it was just this laundry list of like things that I needed to do in order to be deemed successful or, you know, proper or appropriate. And it fucked with me for so many years. And it wasn't until I just stopped and said, I need to figure this out. I need to figure all this out. Like I took a four year hiatus from dating because I was terrible at it. I was so bad. Okay. I was, I consistently like, if you were a wounded puppy, mm-hmm. you were for me. Yeah. The more damage, yeah. the better. And I didn't know this. I didn't, I, I didn't realize it, but that's what it was. And looking back on it, it's because I don't think anyone 
like the average person realizes the reason that you attract negative toxic people in in, in to you is because you're attract but because there are there are toxic parts of you that resonate with toxic parts of them not to say that you know like toxic can, can take on many forms it can be really aggressive it could also be very subtle and i just had a lot of trauma that i didn't know that i could heal from i didn't know that i could heal I 100% yeah. didn't know that I could heal from all the things that I had been through. And, um, and I started to, and then it wasn't until, you know, doing that consistently for about five years that I got to a point where I was like, wow, I get it now. I get it. My life is about me. It's not about anyone else. As much as my, my family loves me, as much as my friends love me, as much as the people that I've dated love me, it's not about them. It's about me. And the best thing that I can do is show up as who I want to show up as and then conduct my conduct myself from there. And then I guess the the yeah, the only problem, right, is who, who am I? Right. So you what you just described is the human experience. It is the almost realizing not too late, that sounds a bit harsh, but realizing late into your life, like when you're in the middle of your life, the end of your life, like you realize, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? And now you're ready to move forward. I feel like that's happening more and more often where, especially with young people, young people are are um, remaining in their mental adolescence a lot longer um, than the past generations. And I think that's because uh, there's a lot more to consume now. I think th there's a lot more necessary of you like needed from you before you could be a functioning member of society so your mental adolescence is uh taking longer to come to an end so it was something but Bashoy said was that and I, I can't remember if he said it on the episode but he, he he wants people to feel less bad about figuring out their lives later in life because he's saying the he, he was saying like 30 is the new like 20 it's like mm -hmm. you don't figure you're not figuring your life out in your early twenties anymore. That's not happening. It's like almost no one's having kids. Um, it's like you, good luck finding a career that's gonna last like a decade. Like it's not. It's go easy on yourself. So what you just described is the human experience um, currently, um, and I do think it's cool also how you had that moment when you were a child, when you were nine years old, where you you made that realization and then you conducted your life according to what you realized. Um, I think a lot of kids do that on their own and sometimes with help, whether that help was asked for or given to uh, them uh, without asking, they make these judgments about life and how to conduct themselves. And then they get trapped in this idea on this is the only way to do it. This is the only way it works. I know I'm a victim of that I've, I've, or an offender of that, both. I've done that where I've had an idea of what life is supposed to be like or what life is like. And I'm still struggling to try to change my own mind. Um, and I do... I have moments in my life where it is hurting me. Um, but just like the way I explained my relationship with the word manifestation, um, it's very hard for me to relearn how to take in information, relearn how to, how to learn how to live differently. It's very hard. So that you experiencing life just then, last year, whatever you said, where you just, oh my gosh, I'm ready to live now. Um, that's a moment people are finding a hot, lot harder and harder to come by. And in a way, 
even though even even though um I'm I'm younger than you, I am very jealous. That sounds incredible. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Of course. Um I don't it's crazy because if you ask me how old do I feel, I'd say I'm twenty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you look twenty six. Appreciate you. You look like you you're still in college. Like you look like you look Dude, bro. It's it's I mean it's as far as I'm concerned, in, in San Diego, I was in college. It yeah. was so fun. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so fun. It was so 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 fun. Um, I the reason that I say I feel like I'm 26 is because I feel like this is what I was supposed to feel like then. You know what I mean? Like after going to college for a few years, after getting out to call, after getting out of college for a few years, and like you know, okay, like. Like, this is that quintessential, okay, I have my life figured out. I know what I want to do, da da da, da. Um, And you actually, like, I, I, don't, I don't remember which one of you mentioned this in, in that episode, but one of you basically said it's because we're living longer. I don't know you which know? one of us it is. I actually can't remember. Yeah. Um, um, I have all these notes, but I forgot to grab my laptop. Um, I We're doing great. Don't worry about it. Sweet. Um, but... Uh, what was I going to say? Um, and I think it's the truth, you know, like the life expectancy, what, excuse me. in like the 1600s, was it, it was like 40, 50. Not, not sure. Probably. Yeah. I, I, no one quote me. Like I, that was, I, I have no idea <laughs> if, what the validity is. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm lightweight and I'm, and I'm feeling it. Yeah, um, yeah. but, uh, we're, 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 we're living so much longer now. So we have the time. And I also think I was going to, I was going to say something, but I, but I still want to circle back to the suicide um, conversation as yeah, well. Go ahead. Um, uh, I just, I think, I think it, it was like a year, a year and a half time span where like over 30 people had just very casually, uh, and I don't believe in coincidence, so I, it was very remarkable, like, just just observing this as it unfolded. But, like, something crazy, like, 30 people told me, like, just casually had the conversation about suicide. People that, that, that I just met for one night, people, like, that I've known for years, and everyone in between. You know what I mean? And, like, and, and I just realized everyone thinks about this. Everyone thinks about this. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, I was I was I was at a bar. I, I was at this really awesome party. Was it Fourth of July? I was at this really awesome party, and we all ended up out at the end of the night. And we're wasted. Um, people like it was it you know it was it was it, it was a long day day of drinking. It's like one a.m. And we're just kind of like, you know, like we, we got along like really well. So, you know, there's this just like natural rapport. And for me, this is normal for me. But this guy just started talking about um, life and how it's tough and um, how, you know, the only solace that he has is that at any given time, he could end it. And he's like, you know, I've given it so much thought like, like you know how, how I would do it it's so easy to do and blah 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 and I remember one of my friends who who was who was nearby who was listening sent me a text and was like holy shit this guy like romanticizes death and like to me I was like no this is just normal this is just a normal 
like um, I had I had a delivery guy who there was an issue with the delivery. So what should have been like a two minute process ended up taking about an hour. And 15 minutes into the conversation, he told me that it, that he, he tried to kill himself two weeks prior. Jesus Christ. You know, and, and the and the only reason that, that he didn't is because he he made fun of himself and called himself fat, which he wasn't. Um, but the ceiling fan broke. Oh, my gosh. And, 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 and that's the only reason. And he was he, he was just blown away at, like, what, what I do. And I was like, honestly, I've never been in that place. I want to meet that guy. That's incredible that he's, like, right? laughing at that. I, I, and I mean, it, 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 he was just so blown away and so amazed and he wanted to take advantage of the opportunity to talk to me once he realized that I was, that I was a, a life coach. And he, he was just like, I don't know that I could do the work that you do. I was like, based on that experience alone, you can reach so many more people than I can on a level that I can't simply because I don't have that real life experience. You wow. can connect with someone who's tried to commit suicide. You can connect with someone who failed at it. You can connect with what got you to that point in your life. Do you know what I mean? And it's stuff that we don't think about because we're so busy playing small. We're so busy feeling inferior because we're not like the people that, 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 that we idealize and are jealous of, you know? What a, what a, sorry, sorry, continue. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, what a sobering moment that must've been for him. That just uh, sitting there being like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he was a grandfather. Like he was, he was probably like, like early fifties. Like, like he looked great. Oh, he's a young grandpa. Yeah. But like, but he was just, he just couldn't take it anymore. And so getting back to um, what we're talking about with like what it means to, to, to be a man, I think our society's evolved when this was a thousand years ago or, or, or rather thousands of years ago, it was, it was contingent upon your partner. It was contingent upon being a father and having, having this woman who, who gave you the greatest gift in life, which was to bear your children and doing whatever you, you could to protect them. Like, as far as I'm concerned, that was love. I feel like duty and love were synonymous. And so it wasn't really a burden as much as just a way of life. And because of how simple life was back then, that's what life was. That was it. And now that we live in a society where women are realizing I can be more, I can be what I want. Unfortunately, I I, I agree with you that a lot of that's getting lost in translation in the sense that women are thinking, oh, well, I can be anything, excuse me. So I'm obligated to take advantage of that where it's like, no, you're not. I personally do not belong behind a desk. Mm-hmm. I do not belong sitting down for multiple hours a day. I do not belong. I am not meant to be doing basic things. I'm just not. I've tried, gained a ton of weight, hated it, wasn't happy, wasn't fulfilled. With that said, there are a ton of people who are. There are a ton of people who cannot get enough of numbers in their day, you know, who cannot get enough of sitting like in, like in, in a cubicle or in an office. If that's you, live your truth. If it's not, live your truth. And I think to get to the root of who we are individually, <clears throat> excuse me. You're good, you're good. Um, spend some time with yourself. 
or more accurately, be in tune with yourself. So if you're at lunch, at dinner, hanging out with your family by yourself, tune into what's going on in your head. What are your thoughts? And understand you are not your thoughts. You are who is observing your thoughts. And more often than not, the loudest voice in your head, like I said way earlier, is the person that influences your life the most. Could be a parent, could be a sibling, could be a friend, could be a coach, could be a mentor, whatever it is. And we mistaken approval and validation with instinct. Like my instinct says I need to do this. Is it? Or is it the fact that you really want your mom, your dad, your coach, your friend to deem you worthy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that was a, there was a lot of high concepts just then. I and you're and you're talking to the right person because I'm definitely lost. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like when it comes to not lost in what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, um, mm-hmm. but like, uh, like I, I said before, like I, I don't I don't want to say I'm an overthinker, even though I said it already. I just think a lot. Um, for instance, this is such a meaningless example but it's kind of funny um i had me and my friend walked around uh the block and we went to go look at some cows and horses but just to look at them because they're not my property and then she started picking grass out of the side out of the ground and feeding the cows i'm like what the fuck are you doing because in her (laughs) mind it's so innocent it's whatever doesn't matter in my mind i'm like these aren't our cows we shouldn't do that uh someone's gonna yell at us like you know so um that's how I think. So when you say, mm-hmm. when you said, um, you know, think about your thoughts, like like isolate and focus on your thoughts or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. I do that all the time. And then you were like, and remember, you aren't your thoughts. You're perceiving your thoughts. I'm like, I can't do that part. I don't. I don't know how to do that part. You know. First of all, you can. You would hundred. I'm sure I can. It's hard. It's hard. Hundred percent. And I think that's the part that 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 people get stuck on. Because to say it's really hard is just an excuse to say, well, if I can't get that, that's okay because that's normal. It's just really hard. And it's just, it's just a roadblock. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's just you putting, putting like a 10 foot thick wall in front of you and, and the, you know, obstacle that you're trying to overcome. Um, you can definitely, it, it takes a lot of work, a lot of work. And like I said, I've been in my journey of healing for six years now and I still surprise myself. Like, wow, where did that thought come from? Or um, one of the craziest things is tuning into you sabotaging yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, I understand. Something as simple as, um, so I, one of the things that I wanted to do while I was in San Diego was was pursue music. And I did. Awesome. Unbelievable experience. I'm proud to say that I'm a vocalist now. And um, I was working New Year's and we had a show that night and at the bar, there was a guy who just started a record label with his friend and they were going to some event that night and he gave me his card. Being a musician, wanting to go to the next level putting a lot of work into this, you'd have thought I would have, you know, sent like sent him a message like within seven days of meeting him. I didn't. 
Why? You may ask why. Yeah. And I gave that, yeah. a, and I gave that a lot of thought. It's because I literally said to myself, oh, it can't be that easy. So I just didn't because I, because I grew up in a time where all I heard growing up was life sucks and then you die. Yeah. Life's a struggle. There's nothing you can do about it. When it comes to relationships, find someone that you can tolerate the most and hope for the best. All these abysmal, self-defeating, like just downtrodden ways of thinking, I was just convinced that life is a struggle. And so when things were tough and complicated, that was normal. It was no big deal. You know what I mean? It's just how it was. There wasn't very much I could do about it. So be it. So I had these, and, 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 and that was just one example. Like there are so many, but it was one of the first, like, I remember when I was in, when I started my, my, my healing, <clears throat> you like go, like you kind of have this like active life review where you just go through these moments in your life and they'll just hit you like randomly out of nowhere. You'll almost like astral project back to the moment and then look at it from a completely different angle. And that was one of those moments for me. And I was like, I could not believe I did that. Like, like I could not believe that I simply didn't take advantage of this opportunity that, that just fell in front of me. And so practice makes perfect is the short answer. Jeez, I, I, um, God, that has to hurt. No, like realizing that. Um, that's where it gets really tricky because yes, it did hurt. And, um, there's a post that I say where, where I'm talking about the discipline. It's the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret. And I said, regret. And I said, being in my journey of healing has been hands down the most difficult thing I've ever done. I'm a grand national champion. I'm a national champion. I'm an international champion. I'm a, um, I'm, 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 I'm an award-winning choreographer. I'm, um, you know, I, I started getting paid with, with my band after our third performance. I've done some real, like I moved to San Diego and just, and just uprooted my life and started over again. I've done some really awesome things. All of those pale in comparison to, 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 to healing, all of them. And there are times when I'm just sitting there and I have these revelations and I'm just like, holy shit. Like, sh like shame comes up, guilt, resentment, anger, frustration towards myself, towards other people. And I know better. I know that, it, that, that life happens for you and not to you. I know that you are 100% responsible for how your life goes. Absolutely no one else, regardless of what influences they have on you. But in those moments, you're just sitting there with all of that and you realize, okay, emotions exist to tell you how you feel. This is how I'm feeling right now. Now what? And sometimes you just have to sit there and let it pass. It could be an hour. It could be three days. And you just got to move through it. And you have to allow it. You can't force it. And you have to be so careful and kind and thoughtful with yourself in that process because if not, you make the situation worse and then you create a cycle around it because it happened the first time you may not have been aware of that. You, you may not have been aware of it. Now you're, now you're reliving it 
and now you're becoming aware of it. And it's so easy to say, what the fuck? Like, I'm the self-sabotager. I, 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 I can't believe it. And then you have the snowball effect of how many other things that you sabotage that you didn't even realize. And then you're like, wow, I am a product of my own circumstances. And that's the truth. But there's power in that. Because from there, you can make informed decisions moving forward because you're now aware of it. Make sense? What do you think comes first, opportunity or hard work? I think hard work bears opportunity. I think so too. But I think there's also, you have the opportunity to begin. Like realizing you've done something wrong or you have a chance to start again. So it's like, I think mm-hmm. both are correct, mm-hmm. but I think the question reveals a lot about what kind of uh, person people are. Well, maybe not a lot, but a, a small about amount. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess from you answering that, perhaps you're the kind of person where it's like hard work comes first, motivation comes second. Um, I can't expect myself to understand how great I'm going to feel in the future. So I'm going to do it now for myself in the future. And I'll thank myself mm-hmm. later. And other people say um, opportunity comes first. Those are the kind of people who are um, always looking for a chance to to do something. So both answers are positive. They're both answers are optimistic. But uh, the mm-hmm. people who say uh, opportunity comes first are those who are looking for a chance to do anything they can put their hands on. But I was just curious after everything you just said, which one you think comes first. But it 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 makes sense to your answer. Yeah, I mean, well, so it's interesting because um, my road to cheerleading went like this. Mm -hmm. It was my senior year. It was Thanksgiving. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And um, I I noticed that there was going to be a cheer competition um, televised the next day. So um, I T-voted it and I went to bed the next day. I watched it. And I remember my mind just being blown. I was like a kid at, at, at Disney. And I was just, I, I'd never seen anything like it before. I, I like, I never experienced, like I I'd never witnessed anything like that. And I just remember thinking, what is this? What is this? What is going on? What's on screen? What am I looking at? And how do I do this? How do I make this happen? And in that moment, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea how, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I have no idea, but I'm going to do it. And then from that day forward, I started practicing. I started practicing um, you know, what I saw on t- I had no idea what I was doing. I was 100% the blind leading the blind. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I was just, I, I was a dancer. And so I just danced a ton to like build up my, my, um, my, uh, cardio and my stamina and, and, and whatnot. And, um, in like February, March, one of my neighbors who was a part of my nationally ranked high school team was like, I heard you wanted to cheer. And I was like, I do. She's like, okay, well, do you want, like, do you want to practice with me? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? She's like, well, you can stunt with me. Where like the guy tosses the girl in the air. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I've never done that before. She's like, it's okay. I was like, I'm going to drop you. She's like, it's okay. They drop me all the time. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how much I'm going to drop. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done this before. And she was like, it's okay. Let's just let it out. And so I practiced with her a couple of times. She talked to her coach. I got invited to their practice. I had no idea. Like, this is, so this was the day before Thanksgiving, and this is all happening in March. And um, I went to practice with them. Um, I learned a back handspring, which is a backflip. 
and then they, they invited me to camp with them that summer. Now I'm a senior. So summer camp, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to work with the team because, because I, because I graduated. I went anyway. And at that camp, I met my future captain and teammate. So I don't know. Do you know what I mean? To, yeah. to, to, to revisit the question of which of which comes first, opportunity or hard work, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's, it's a chicken and the egg, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You, you, um, my, so my, my oldest sister was a flyer. Um, mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time at those practices, you know, cause I was a little kid. Um, and I learned a lot about cheerleading. That shit's fucking hard. That shit's really hard. At the time, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. Yeah. And I was also, when I, I, I was a gymnast when I was younger. So cool. I, um, I, I learned all the flips and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, people don't realize how fucking difficult that shit is. I think, especially if you're doing it for, like, kind of like a... Because my sister cheered, but she didn't cheer for a school. She cheered for, like, a Pop Warner kind of thing. So it was, like, it was like mm-hmm. competitions, competitions, competitions. Like, go to Disney World, compete against everyone in America kind of thing. That shit's no joke. It's rough. Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah. that's the life. Yeah, it's cool, though. That's I mean, cool. like, these fucking... these fuck, All these fucking people, majority women are fucking super goddamn strong and they're like, I gotta look pretty today, but I'm gonna kill everyone on that fucking mat. It's Dude, so funny. there's nothing else like it. It's wild. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. Like my cheerleader like the cheerleaders in my high school were my role models. Not the football players, not the basketball yeah. players, the cheerleaders were because because they were against the grain, because they took a sport that was never taken seriously. You know, that like that that no one had very much respect for and they dominated it. And they were just so cool. Like that—that's the word to describe them. They were just cool. They were awesome. Yeah. I do think that <laughs> I feel like um, high school doesn't take cheerleading seriously enough, actually, because I think it could be mm-hmm. like it could be um, they could make it into something pretty incredible. I, I think some of it's liability, like how much can you really get done, how much time do you have to practice. But I, I don't think uh, high schools take it seriously enough, and it kind of uh, it's unfortunate for the for the students because. When you go to high school and they just do like, like line work and they're just like whatever. Like there's no, there's not much going on. It's not because they can't do it. It's because no one's introducing them to that. So I actually, I actually wish that uh, they did, they did more in like high schools and stuff. But uh, college is obviously different, and then Pop Warner's different. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it is cool because it, you, it, it's hard to just go go in a, go in a field if you're if you're if you're doing it for a, a sports team right it's hard to go to go in a field full of all your peers you're not playing a sport you're literally just like fucking happy on purpose celebrating it's actually hard to do it's hard to put on that face it, it is it's really hard to do yeah. um my my happy first on i'm hitting it what'd you say i said happy on purpose I, I was like i was making fun of myself yeah um my first three panic attacks were 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 surrounding cheerleading I believe you. I definitely believe and, you. And and just exactly that. Like like all all three times it was a moment of what am I about to go do? In front of how many people? Yeah. And yeah. But I yeah. got through it. Uh so it looks like I have about fifteen minutes left. Yeah, no, well um, I, I feel like we we're kind of coming to a really good place to like 
you know, hop out. I feel like this is really I, good. I, I think so too. This was, I, I, I feel like I was like, no, the you're the star, man. You're the star. I, I appreciate that. This was awesome. This was awesome. I thank you so much for having me. Like yeah. this was so good. Like, I'm not kidding. Like I love your content. Like I really do. Like I thank love you. what you do. Thank you. Um, it's super fun. It's super chill. And I think, I, I, I think the most important thing that I feel like, like I, like I need to make sure, you know, is that everyone, like you, you, you said earlier, everyone is having this conversation. Yeah. Everyone is figure is, is trying to figure out who they are and what they want to do. And when it comes down to it, I think that's the goal. I think we're at an unprecedented time in history because this has never happened before. People have never had so many opportunities at their disposal and they don't realize that the opportunity that they need to take advantage of the most is what resonates with them. Yeah, you 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 definitely made me very happy talking to you today. I was very pleased with this because you were so you're like energy wise, you were you were up there, and I know you know that. Um, but I got to tell you, like you were you were so ready to fucking do this, and it was <laughs> like like I got no sleep last night just because I have like insomnia, right? But mm-hmm. I came home, I took a nap as long as I could. And I woke and I woke up from the nap. I'm like, I gotta do this. I gotta do this episode. Oh my gosh, I'm, tr- I'm crawling to the fucking uh, equipment. And then you just you brought it out of me. So this is great. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! Beautiful. I'm super glad I could. Well, take a look. Uh, stay on the line because I'm gonna give you a debrief. But guys, thank you so much for watching. All of Carlos' stuff's gonna be in the description. Go check him out. Um, but that's about, that's about it. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one. Peace. Take care, guys. <laughs>